As we continue our sermon series on four small words, we're going to be looking at the word between. And as I was preparing this message, as I was reading through the book that this message series is based upon, I found myself thinking that there's really two possible meanings of the word between. And the first one is something that separates, something that keeps us apart, something that is between us. And so I thought I'd ask you this morning, when you think of that, when you think of separation, of something between, what do you think of? Distance, physical distance is certainly something that can come between people or that is between people. Um, Have any of you ever been engaged in like a long distance relationship? Division? No. All right, well, I'm not seeing any hands for long distance relationship, which is okay. Um, I can't say that I've really been in a long distance relationship. With one exception, there was a four month period when my wife and I were engaged that she was in Davenport, Iowa, and I was still in Seward, Nebraska, finishing up school. And I can say that that four to five months was probably the grouchiest that I've ever been. (laughs) Because that physical distance that separated us had an impact. It impacted how we communicated. It impacted how we acted towards each other when we did communicate. We both very highly value quality time and it's hard to get quality time when you're six hours apart. Uh, My brother and his girlfriend have actually been doing the distance thing for I think three years now. Um, He was in Florida, she was in California, so a little bit farther even, and now she's closer, she's only in Chicago, so it's still only like a 12 hour, 16, 18, 24 hour drive versus 48, something like that. But distance certainly plays a role. Division was another one that I heard of something that comes between, certainly. What else comes between? What was that? A wall. Certainly a wall can be put up that separates. Um, And sometimes that can be a good thing, right? Sometimes that keeps safe. And other times we maybe put up walls that hinder relationships. What else comes between? What else is between? What separates? What was that? Feelings? Feelings. Yeah, I have to admit, when I was picturing separation, when I was picturing something between, um, the image that came to my mind wasn't one of great distances, although certainly that exists. Death, also true. But the image that I was picturing when I was picturing between was a spouse coming home from work. And as soon as they enter the living room, there's just this tension between this couple. I'm not sure what caused it. It Maybe it was something really big. Um, Maybe it was something that seems kind of small in the grand scheme of things. But that tension is real and you can almost cut through the silence in the room with a knife. It's just weighing so 
heavy between these two people. And even though they're in exactly the same room, it's almost like they're worlds apart. Because these feelings, this conflict, whatever it might be, there's something between these two people. I suspect that we've felt that at some times in our lives, and it doesn't necessarily have to be between a husband and a wife. It could be between parents and children, siblings, neighbors, friends, fellow family members here at Grace. That division, that separation, that conflict between people can be all too real. Death is another one. A separation between us and ones we love, a separation that it feels like that truly we can't do anything to fix. And really all of these separations, I think, are symptomatic. They're symptoms of a bigger separation of a greater divide. And this is the divide between God and His creation. And really our Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 59 spells out pretty clearly for us what this divide looks like. Isaiah writes in chapter 59 verse one, behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save or his ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you. I don't know about you, but those words are a little bit terrifying. Isaiah is pretty clearly saying that there is this massive gulf between us and God. And what's more, who does he say caused it? What does he say caused it? Our sins. It wasn't God who caused this separation, it's us. It's humanity that repeatedly sees what God has in mind for us and turns and runs the other direction. It is we are the ones that continue to separate ourselves from God. To create this massive gulf between, a gulf that we cannot cross. In fact, the scriptures are pretty clear that we don't even want to cross this gulf. We want this separation between us and God. And that nothing we can do can fix it. Nothing we can do can bridge this gap between what God intended and where we stand now. When we think about this gap, I think it's only fitting that our minds go back to the garden. 
back to a time before this separation, back to the time when things were perfect, when God literally walked amongst Adam and Eve, when he talked with them face to face, when all of creation was in this just perfect sense of unity. Where there was nothing between us and God. Can you imagine how beautiful that scene would be? Can you imagine the closeness that Adam and Eve shared with their creator? That all of creation shared? Genesis records for us that all the animals ate greens. that there was no death even amongst the animal kingdom, that everything was in perfect community, that nothing was between. But then in the midst of that perfection, in the midst of that unity, the devil came and he offered up a lie, a temptation. He told Adam and Eve, if you eat from this tree of knowledge and good and evil, you will be like God. And that temptation was simply too much. Because the idea of being the creator instead of the creature, the idea of being the one in charge rather than the one following orders was simply too much for Adam and Eve to pass up. And frankly, it's the sin that we still fall into each and every day. Because we know what God wants for us. We know the commands that God has given to us, but instead we pursue our own way because we want to be the ones in charge. We want to be the creator. We want to be like God. And we continue to make this gulf between us and our creator. But brothers and sisters in Christ, Isaiah 59 doesn't just stop with this condemnation, this sense of being unable to solve this problem, because Isaiah continues in verse 15, the Lord saw it. He saw this separation. He saw this evil amongst mankind, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. The Lord looked at his creation that he had made perfect. He saw its imperfection. He saw its brokenness. And he stepped in. Then his own arm brought him salvation and his righteousness upheld him. And in verse 20, and a redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. You see, when God looked at this separation between himself and his creation, he had to step in. 
And so he did. And brothers and sisters, this is where our knowledge is so great because we know what God did to solve this problem. We know what God did to bind up this separation, to bridge the gap between heaven and earth. He sent his son, true God and true man. And in this season, right after Christmas, it's only fitting that we talk about the incarnation, about God's perfect son taking on human flesh. At the risk of being a little sacrilegious, when you hear talk about evolution, you hear this talk about searching for the missing link, right? The link between apes and man. And as far as I know, the hunt for Bigfoot is still on. But in God's story of salvation, we see Jesus as this link, as this bridge between God and man. We see true God and true man in one flesh. And what's more, as we see this Jesus, this perfect son of God, this perfect son of man, this new Adam, hanging between heaven and earth, giving his life for you and for me. We see Christ reconciling all creation to God his Father. We see Jesus Christ tearing down the wall of hostility between us and God. we see Jesus doing away with the separation between us. Paul writes this beautifully for us in Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. When Christ died, there were a number of signs and miracles that came along with his death. And one of them I think is really important as we talk about this separation between God and man. What happened in the temple when Christ died? The curtain was torn. This curtain that separated the holy of holies, the place where God's presence dwelt on earth from the rest of the world. And I think it's important to remember that in this Holy of Holies, only one person, the high priest in all of Israel, could enter this place. And he could only do it on one day a year, the Day of Atonement. That was the only time that sinful man could come into the presence of God. But when Christ died, that curtain was torn in two. Because God had reconciled the world to himself through the death of his son. In Jesus, God had brought creation back into unity. 
in Christ, that separation had been bridged. God and man were together again. And really, brothers and sisters, this has profound implications for our lives here. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us with the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Who is Paul saying is now the bridge between Christ and the world? Us, the people of God. Because Christ has reconciled us, because he has done away with the separation between us and God, we are called to be the ministers, the ambassadors that bring that message to the world. We are called to live in a constant ministry of reconciliation amongst one another, tearing down those walls, building bridges that bind us together. We are called to look at the world that is just so full of divisions, divisions over race, over money, over where you live in the world. And we are called to speak peace, to speak reconciliation, to be the bridge between Christ and this world, to speak his love his message of hope to everyone we meet. And so I ask that you turn your minds again to that couple, or maybe it's a brother and sister, or a parent and a child who just have this huge wall between them. This tension that exists, this separation. Because as Christians, when we find ourselves in those situations, we're called to do something very difficult and yet also very simple. We're called to say, I'm sorry, and I forgive you. Because in Christ's reconciliation, because Christ has bridged this gap between us, we're called to build bridges between one another. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard and keep your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Lord God Almighty, we thank you so much for the gift of reconciliation that you have given to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have seen this great gulf between us, between you and your creation, and that you have sent your son to bridge that gap, to make us one, to bind us in fellowship with you. Lord, we pray that you would help us to faithfully be ministers of reconciliation, 
that you would help us to build bridges between us and this world, that all might come to know that saving love of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Now receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.